Today we're going to go through the timeline of Brian Laundrie's parents, Chris and Roberta, on October 20th, the day that Brian's remains were found. But first, let's take a listen to what their riled up lawyer, Stephen Bertolino, had to say about that day. What the public doesn't understand, I don't understand. You have a trailhead. The trailhead marks the beginning of a trail. You don't jump from the sky and land in the middle of the preserve. You start at the trailhead. That's where the parents started. The parents walked into the park from the entrance to the park or the trailhead. They went about a mile or so, and that's where they found the items and the remains. What is so difficult to understand about that? So to be clear, I talk with the laundries at least twice a day for the last month. And when I spoke with them on Tuesday evening, Chris informed me that he wanted to go to uh, the reserve on Wednesday with Roberta. They wanted to know if I thought that was a good idea. We talked about it. I said, it absolutely is a good idea and it's fine, you should go. But are you concerned about being followed by the press? They indicated to me that they were concerned about the press, but they were willing to, to deal with it as they've been dealing with it. I said, I think it's a good idea to notify law enforcement. And I did so through a text message to my contact at the uh, Northport Police Department. The responsive text message was a very short, thank you for the heads up. Wednesday morning, when Chris and Roberta were at the preserve at, at 7 a.m., law enforcement was there respectfully to accompany them. And what I was told afterwards that their main purpose or concern was that the press didn't harass the laundries uh, through, the, uh, through the preserve. So Chris and Roberta leave their house before sunrise and head to Mayakahatchee Creek Environmental Park entrance. They leave their house at around 7 a.m. Sunrise is at 7.31. Now in that previous clip, Mr. Bertolino said they left at 7, but a reporter states that they arrived at the park at around 7.25 a.m. And according to Steve Bertolino, there were two members of law enforcement that showed up. They were wearing hiking gear and also they were in a separate pickup truck. One person was from the Northport Police Department and the other one was from the FBI. Now these men followed the laundries from at least a 50 foot distance away and they walked in silence. Chris and Roberta entered the park on foot and Roberta was seen carrying a red backpack and it was reported that it appeared to have water bottles in it and Chris' hands were empty and his pockets did not appear full. Now in reports it said that the laundries walked at a steady pace toward the Livelong Trail just off of South Powerline Trail and before they entered there it said that they peeked into bushes nearby, did not find anything but they complained however about the presence of a reporter and asked them to give them at least 25 feet of space. Now at around 7.40 a.m. that's when they entered the Livelong Trail next to wooden marker labeled 149 with Chris repeatedly stepping into areas of the brush, popping back in and out at least a half a dozen times. The two law enforcement agents remained far behind, but did remain within sight. 20 minutes later, at around 8 a.m., Chris split off into an area of brush and Roberta walked up the main trail. Now the two officers followed Chris, who rejoined Roberta without them about 12 minutes later, which would make it at about 8 12. And it was reported that Chris had wet pants up to his knees. Now by that time, it stated that Roberta made her way to the edge of a clearing that police cordoned off after telling the parents that they discovered 
human remains and some of Brian's personal belongings. Roberta was about 15 yards, which is 45 feet from where investigators set up a blue tent. And later that day in news helicopter footage, it was within the ring of yellow caution tape. Now 20 yards or 60 feet in the other direction is where police set up a white tent in the brush and investigators were seen searching both locations which was a short distance up the trail from where the dry bag was found. So it was reported that Chris Laundrie found the dry bag which is just a bag that hikers use and campers use for those of you who don't know to keep their items dry. And in the picture, you can see that the corner is ripped. And I, I have a dry bag and it's pretty sturdy. It's made out of rubber material. I'm not sure what this one is made out of, but I'm not sure about this bag. Now, Steve Bertolino explained the situation and he said this, as they went further in, Chris ventured off the trail into the woods. He was zigzagging in different areas. Law enforcement was doing the same thing. And Roberta Laundrie was walking down the trail. At some point, Chris locates what's called a dry bag. The dry bag is a white bag laying in the woods, say 20 feet or so off the trail. Now, Steve said that Chris didn't wanna pick up the bag because he wanted law enforcement to see it, but he says that Chris couldn't find the officers at the time. So instead, he decided to pick it up as there was a news reporter standing by. And Steve said he did meet up shortly with law enforcement. They looked at the contents of the bag. At that time, law enforcement officers showed him a picture on the phone of a backpack that law enforcement had located also nearby and also some distance off the trail. Then Chris came back and met Roberta and they spoke in whispers. It was caught on camera and they turned back towards the entrance of the trail at around 8.15 a.m. Now, spokesperson for the Northport Police Department and the FBI both declined to state or specify where the location was where Brian's remains were found or these other items of interest. But the laundries didn't walk into either location um, where that backpack was found or where Brian's remains were. And side note about that dry bag, a reporter also witnessed Chris Laundry picking up a white bag and a dark object. The, he said that the parents put the item into the bag and Mr. Bertolino did say that the bag belonged to Brian, but he couldn't specify what the contents were in it. At 8.30 a.m., so this is an hour after the laundries arrived, Chris spoke with Steve Bertolino twice on the phone and also with the Northport detective. And it was stated that the parents stood under the power lines in direct sunlight until the detective met them at around 8.41 a.m. And in video that was taken, I believe it was by Fox News, only some of their conversations could be heard. The detective said, I think we may have found something. And the detective told the laundries to go home. And Steve Bertolino later said that the parents were shown the images of a backpack on the phone, when, which was caught on video, and asked to confirm if it was Brian's backpack. They said yes, and then the officer said that human remains had been found and asked them to leave the park and go home and wait for an update. And the laundries returned home at around 9 a.m. And that park was open the day before the laundries went to the park to, to look for Brian. And obviously after this, they closed the park back down and they found Brian, they found a notebook, and they found this backpack. 
and through dental records they were able to identify Brian Laundrie. However, they couldn't confirm as to the manner of death it was said that all they found were bones. And Steve did mention in the news that Brian would be eventually cremated and that the family would not have a funeral. Now also in the news, there was talk about a rope swing in the area where Brian was found, but it was stated that it looks different than the one Brian posted on Instagram in July 20th. So I'm not sure when it was changed, but I'd love to know that fact. If it was in fact, just around the time that Brian died, or if it was before that. Also, a TikToker found a bottle in the area that looks like the same bottle in Gabby Petito's video for her van life video on YouTube. And this TikToker also found bone fragments, but the police collected the bones, but then said nothing else is, you know, pertaining to the investigation. This TikToker named um, Chronicles of Olivia she says, I feel it was very negligent. It was irresponsible. They were more interested in the bones, but they knew they were animal bones. And Richard Stafford, who's the attorney for the Petito family, said he didn't understand why police would have left that bottle behind. He said, it looks like hers. We have a picture that's from before she left for her trip. It looks like that bottle. I don't know why it would be left there. And a man named Tom Joyce, who is a retired lieutenant commander with the NYPD, he was talking about this and called it a show. He says that he found it so disturbing that Chris had come upon the bag so easily. And he said that police allowed Chris Laundrie to go walking off by himself during such a high stakes investigation is beyond me. If this was my case and I walked in there with the suspect's parents, I would never let them out of my sight. He said, rule number one is that you do not let the person go until you know exactly what you're dealing with. Because we know that when bodies or articles of evidence are waiting there, usually when the person who put it down or is responsible for it being there or who knows it's there will find it when things aren't moving quickly enough, it's their way of accelerating the case. He said, the whole thing is a mess. It's a show. The fact the parents found this article is so disturbing to me. He also says he could have died accidentally or by natural causes in the area because he ran out of food and maybe he was attacked by an animal. He could have committed suicide or even potentially been the victim of a homicide. Considering the latest developments, the investigators have a lot of work still to do in this case. So this is interesting to me. Obviously, everybody is wondering about the timing of everything. It's reported that Chris wasn't holding on to anything when he went into the reserve and Roberta had a red backpack on. And then Chris comes upon this white dry bag. But instead waiting for law enforcement, he decides to pick it up and put something, um, a dark object in there. So that to me is, you know, something doesn't smell right in that regard. I'm not saying they planted anything but I am curious as to what, why he would have picked that up. The reporter isn't going to do anything. That guy knows that. You know, Chris knows that. Um, so it's interesting on that aspect. Also, what's interesting to me is the investigators are covering this day and night, you would think, right? And if they studied Gabby's video, you would think that if they saw a water bottle that 
would clue in or perhaps just a random water bottle anyways near the scene, why wouldn't that have been collected? Then later this girl wanted to bring it in and so she brings it in. I just find it very, very interesting. It's odd. And let's talk about the latest news where the authorities confused Roberta Laundrie to be Brian. And so they actually lost him. And they said something to the effect, and maybe I'll do another video, but they said something to the effect that this wouldn't have changed anything anyways because Brian's dead. I disagree. And the reason why I disagree is because if Brian was found sooner, a.k.a. within days that he took off and went to the reserve, then perhaps he would have had more answers with his body. Instead, we have bones or uh, fragments or whatever they found. We have a mandible where they could get the dental records and Brian's all over the place. So I disagree. Um, there's a difference between finding him when he's first freshly gone and this fiasco. So, you know, I do disagree. Let me know your thoughts down below. I'm sure you're scratching your head as well. This is a little bit weird. And there was a notebook that was found. We're still wondering, everybody's wondering what the heck's in that notebook. It could be nothing. It could be just drawings. It could be some BS story. It could be an explanation, a legit heartfelt explanation. It could have been him owning up to things. Uh, perhaps, or it could be absolutely nothing. Now, some people are wondering how the heck they could salvage anything if it was wet. Brian used artist tools. He would have used specialized pens, and I've seen he used them. I actually have one that I've seen in his Instagram, so it, it could be that, and then it's preserved. So we'll let's just hope. But now they're having a heck of a time trying to figure out what his cause of death was, and it could have been prevented if they would have followed Brian in the beginning, not confuse him with his mother. Uh, last I checked, his mother didn't have a beard and also is not the same stature, in my opinion, than what Brian is, but you can be the judge of that. And they would have been able to follow him into the park and go see what he's up to. I've been fairly neutral in this case. However, some of these things are, it's just a little bit odd. And everybody's wondering, how can it be that for five weeks, no one found Brian? Okay, if he's underwater, then was he swimming? Did he drown? Was there a gun found? And they're not going to tell us, but, you know, I'm just, I'm starting to just go, what is going on? And I feel for the Petito and Schmidt family. They said they're not getting caught up in this. You know, they just want to keep a uh, focus on domestic violence and to help others out there. So I will put the Gabby Petito Foundation in the links below as well. Let me know your thoughts on this. What's the head scratcher for you? Also, what are you thinking about when it comes to this case? What do you really want to know that hasn't been discussed? Let me know in the comments below. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share this out. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.